fixing to start a new new book this morning by John Brevere. It's called Good or God. We think of if it said evil or God, that would be real simple. Because We identify evil, for the most part, or what we classify as evil, pretty easy. But there are times that things that we think are good, and we think they're God. But just because we think it's good, doesn't mean it's God. And that's what we're going to look at in this book. In Mark 10, well, I'm going to pray first. Lord, we just thank you for this word that's coming forth. Lord, we thank you for this book, this revelation that you've given Minister John Brevere. And Lord, we just ask that you break forth this revelation to your body. We ask it in the name of Jesus. I began to see a little bit of this over the Christmas holidays, and I'll share that with you in a little bit. Uh, in Mark 10, verse 18, it says, There is none good but one, and that is God. In a John Revere wrote in his book, he said, Could we ever fall into the delusional state of calling what's right wrong or what's wrong right? We can do that. We sure can. Uh, I just want to skip on down to Proverbs 14, 12. It says, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So there, that tells us right there that we can think things are right, but they're not right. We can think they're God, but they're not God. In a, and in Deuteronomy thirty fifteen, God even says, I set before you this day, Life and good, death and evil. And he even goes on in one of those scriptures and says, choose life. But uh, the thing that keeps coming back to me, even when I began this book, is something that's a foundation teaching in this ministry. And that is to pray <laughs> and get a word. Pray and get a word. And I think that that is probably the most important revelation, or one of them, one of the top five anyway. I think it's higher than that. That we can get is to get, is to realize that we have to get a word from God. We cannot figure things out 
by ourselves. I'm just going to go on into giving you some examples because that's what, so that we, that this thing can be exposed. One of the first examples I'm going to give you deals with something that Dan and I did. We bought a house years ago, and we redid it. Thought we liked this. We liked tearing out some stuff and redoing it and putting in new floors and things. It was it was kind of fun. We thought we would like to do that to make some extra money. I can't remember how the offer came about, but there was an offer that was presented to us by Christian people. The offer was not bad. It was not evil. But it was not for us. But we embraced it. We, uh, I mean, they didn't have an evil agenda. That's what I'm trying to say when I say that it wasn't evil. This was a Christian company. And they were going to teach people how to buy and flip houses. That's what it amounted to. But there was pressure involved. We had to act quickly or miss the opportunity. And that was an opportunity we should have missed. Because we had to invest several thousand dollars to get the material to learn how to do this. We never flipped our first house. Never did. I'm not saying the material was bad because the material was good. But it wasn't for us. We didn't take the time because of the pressure to pray and say, God, do you want us to do this? Do you want us to invest in this? We took it upon ourselves because we thought this is good. It's Christian-backed. It's God. And just so happened, the company allowed us I don't know how it all worked out to get the majority of our money back. Thank God. Because we we missed it. See, it sounded good, looked good, excited. It's got to be God. Was not God. You know, it our money didn't come back instantly either. It took months. We'd get a little here and a little there. It took months, close to a year, to recover most of it. <laughs> Amen, that's the truth. Pastor said if it had come back quickly, we may not have learned our lesson. And that is the truth right there. Uh, now this is going to be interactive, so if you have something that's happened that's you thought was God but wasn't God I would like to hear from it Uh, I'm going to talk about tithing because I've been here too you know this sounds real good Um, one time 
I was um, a part of this ministry and an, under this vision, and I was off with my husband, and I was attending another church uh, to be, you know, going to church, being faithful. Well, this ministry offered this um, this literature for that you could t- do at home and um, get whatever you know from it, and I I just wanted to learn. I had a hunger to learn, and it was that church was a powerful ministry and everything. And uh, just how so happened, I was a baby, you know, and uh, just happened that my pastor was in the same town. And I was able to go. I'd already given my money. I'd already paid for the literature. And I went to her, and I told her what I did. And she counseled with me, and she said, it's, it's not that it's bad. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's two visions. And so Amen. I said, oh. But without my eyes being open, I would have been getting under someone else's vision instead of staying with where God had planted me. Amen. That's a good example of, very good example. When it comes to tithing, I don't know if everybody's been here, but we have. We tithe when we have enough. And then some weeks we didn't have enough, we thought, so we wouldn't. And uh, it sounds good. I'm going to wait till God blesses me with more then I'll be able to give. That sounds good. It sounds reasonable. It sounds logical. But it doesn't line up with Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Tithe first. Then the other comes. But it makes all kinds of sense. And we've tried that. Didn't work either. And uh, he he sure does, and we and we've saw it firsthand. Pastor said that the devourer is not rebuked, and he will come and get your money in other ways. And uh, Danny remembers it better than I do. We chose not to tithe. One of my paychecks, and I think it was either our washing machine or a dryer broke. And it took that amount to fix it. I mean, it was very plain. Our eyes came open that time. It's like either we're going to give it to the church or it's going somehow. <laughs> so we... I've heard, read testimonies about where people claim that when I retire, I'm going to serve God. But right now, you know, I, I work out the meal. I work 40-plus hours a week. I really don't have time. But when I retire, I'm going to have all this free time on my hands, and I'm going after God with everything in me. Sounds real good. 
the statistics for that actually happening is that it doesn't. If you're not serving God now, then when you retire, he's probably going to buy you a travel home and be gone. <laughs> Still not going to serve God. But all of these things sound good. Uh, what about the story of Elijah? Let's look at that. Elijah and the widow woman. No, it's in Kings, First Kings 17. Verse 8, started in verse 8. Now, this is the story where God, uh, you know, he told Elijah that there was famine coming. He prophesied a famine. And he told him to go to a widow woman. To a widow woman that had nothing. That doesn't sound like, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> it does not sound good to our natural mind. I'm just thinking, what if Elijah had got before God and said, God, send me over to Lakewood. You know, there are folks over there. They've got stuff. They can take care of me. That sounds good. It sounds more reasonable. I mean, I am your servant. Send me over there. <laughs> Those folks, they've got plenty for me and several other people but this poor little widow woman it's not it's not going to be good here but he did what god said he got a word from god and that's what he went with he went to the widow woman that had nothing basically and it sustained him her and her household but not only that, that's what we, one thing we look at, but also uh, if he hadn't have went to her, she and her household would have died and went to hell during the famine. Because, and the reason I say that is because she says in verse 12, and she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, not her God. She did not know the God of Elijah. She did not know him. She said, as the Lord thy God, as your God lives, I'll do what you say. So had he not went to her, she still wouldn't have knew the God of Elijah. And that whole family would have perished. But they didn't. And what about Saul? We all know the story of Saul, or part of it. But he was not God's first choice for his people at that time. And I've I read this, and that was really kind of, these people, I hope, pray to God that I ain't, I'm not that hard-headed ever. Uh, because they wanted a king. And it says, 1 Samuel chapter 8, 
they told they told Samuel that they want a king. They want to be like everybody else. They want to be like the other nations. They didn't want God to rule over them. They wanted a king. So it goes on to say, uh, Samuel went and talked to him. Well, he went and prayed to God, and God told him, says, okay, well, we'll give him a king. I'll give him one. But this is what they're going to get when they get a king. And if you read these scriptures on down through there, one of the things it says, God says if they, if they won't, give it to them, and if this is what they will get. Starting in verse 11, it says, And this, this king will take your sons and use them for himself. He'll take your daughters. He'll take your fields. He'll take your vineyards. He'll take your olive yards. The best that you have, he will take a tenth of your seed. He will take your servants and your donkeys, a tenth of your sheep, and you shall be his servants. That's what Samuel told them. What did they say? I still want a king. Because it looked good. That's what they wanted. All the other nations had a king. And they wanted one. Looked good. But it wasn't God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Same thing that happens today. Either we want to go after the presence of God or turn religious, and that's what they were saying. We want to be like everybody else. We want to be like everybody else instead of stepping out in faith and following God. You got a king, and who is king? And I'm probably repeating what you said, but I have a king. I can see a king. But God, I can't see a king. I've got to have that faith. And right. And and they did not want to operate that way. They wanted a king. Something they could see. Even after they were told what he was going to do, they still wanted a king. That 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 was amazing to me. I'm going to get down on our level a little bit. <laughs> what about asking people to go to church? Good or God? Let you think a little bit. You know, I've never read in the Bible where Jesus asked anybody if they, when he encountered them, if they went to the synagogue. I mean, there's nothing wrong with asking people if they go to church. I'm not saying there is. But that's an open door. You can't stop there. That can open the door, but if that's all that you ever ask, if that's as far as you take it, then you really don't know about these people. And the example is... Dennis' grandpa 
went to church as long as I've known him. A good man, honest man, never cussed, never heard a foul language come out of his mouth, was in church, faithful, and it looked real good. Everybody thought he was saved. Even he thought he was saved. He got saved in his 70s. So just asking somebody if they go to church and if they say yes, then they're okay. No. No, sir. We got to push it a little farther than that. While we were... uh, we were over in Hamburg yesterday at Freedom Freedom 3 in a there's a Mason building sitting on the end of the corner. People think that Masons are good. They have a good appearance, they have a good reputation, they have they give with a lot of different things, charities they give to and all this stuff, they look good. They're embraced, good or God. They're not of God. And uh, most of the time, the good, what it does, will appease our flesh. It's just like asking somebody, do you go to church? If they say, yes, my flesh is appeased, I'm happy. I can go on about my day. And they can still be lost, but I'm satisfied. Good or God. Uh, and then what about, you know, the story of Saul and the story of David and Goliath? David's going to confront Goliath. Well, the first thing Saul wants to do is put his armor on him. Put Saul's armor on, on David. Sounds real good. I mean, David's going out there, and I don't know what they wore back then, but he didn't have no armor. Put Saul's armor on him. Let him go on out there and fight. But that sounded good, but it wasn't, wasn't God. David had to lay all of that down and choose God. He laid it down and chose what God said. And what God said didn't look good. You going against a man eight foot tall or plus with a spear and is carrying a spear and a shield and you're going out there with a sling and a stone. That doesn't look good. But it was still God. <laughs> so we have to look at things. We have to see things. One of the things that I saw, and it kind of, I've seen it before, but this Christmas it really kind of agitated me. It aggravated me. When we were in Walmart, we went to the Christian CD section. The little section supposed to have Christian CDs on it. Supposed to. And it had Christian titles on it. It had these had titles where they were singing Christian music. They were singing hymns. They were singing, uh, I don't know, the Christmas songs that we sing about Jesus. 
but who was singing it. All these country music singers and rock stars and all of these folk had cut a CD and put it in the Christian section, and it looks good. Makes people think, well, they're not all bad. They, they, they're pretty good. I saw it plain as day that day. People accept them and their lifestyle as being okay, even though they live like the devil 11 months out of the year. They're going to sing gospel through the Christmas holidays, and they are good to go. And if they're good to go, then so am I. No matter what I do, it's not God. Not God. And it is so, I just thought it was so deceiving to people because they look up to these kind of people. And they think that they're so great and wonderful. We even saw it on a on a home show the other day we were watching. These folks, they were talking about God, 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 God. I do this for God. I do that. I pray to God. And then, find, then you just keep listening a little, little bit. And then, then you hear one of them mention uh, yoga. Like just because somebody says God on TV, there's so many out there now, you better be careful. Because their God and our God is not the same thing. That's right. Amen. Because people don't mind getting on TV and talking about God, but the majority of the time, if it's not a Christian station, they're not talking about Jehovah God Almighty. They're talking about some other God. Any other way to get to wherever they plan to go to. That's right. Well, people embrace everything she says like it's, like it's the gospel, but it's it's not. We have, as Pastor said, there are people they're rising up, and their purpose is to deceive us. And that's what they do. They mention God or sing a Christian song, even though they just walked out of a bar. They're okay, and we embrace it and think that it's okay. We read the scripture earlier where, uh, well, I don't know if we read it or not, where it says that our, God's thoughts are not our thoughts and our thoughts are, his thoughts are not ours. See, we don't line up, God doesn't line up with our way of thinking. We have to line up with what he says. And one of the, okay. you know, she's given lots and lots of money, and so that principle still holds. God's laws work. Because she gives, she gets a whole lot. But it's not God. But it's not God. Yeah. It's not God. If they're not giving God the glory, it's not God. Uh, it's a form of religion is what it actually is. 
what you was getting this morning. All she's doing, she's pleasing. She's telling people what they want to hear. And what she's getting is not, well, you've already said, it's not from God. It's not God. It's it's world. Amen. Yeah, that's how they're going to deceive people. It's pastor. That's right. You see, that's what religion and one of the other things that religion does is it keeps us looking toward the future instead of looking at the now as to what God is doing now. And an example of that is, and you hear people say it, if I had a million dollars, I would support this. I don't, you don't support it with the $5. You don't support it with the $10. So why, why, why would you support it with the, with the million? It's that you sound good. It sounds good. It sounds real good. If I had this, I would take. I would do this. It sounds good, but it's not God, because God operates in the now, and we have to do what He says now. It always puts things off. It goes back to that same thing that I was talking about. When a person retires, I'm going to serve God with everything in me. When I retire, they never do. You know, it all boils down to, well, I was, this morning, I was, I was praying, and this, this song come to me, uh, says, Lord, you are more precious than silver, and Lord, you are more costly than gold. It says, Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds, and nothing I desire compares with you. And I saw that Jesus is the word and a word from God is better than all of these things. It all boils down to getting a word from God. Because when we get a word from God, it is God then. If we get a word from ourself, it's itself. But that's where it all boils down to is we have to get a word from God. Anybody got any? I was just reminded of that scripture that says that if Jesus didn't, if he waited too much longer in coming, that even the very elect will be deceived. And, um, and I think that that's what that deception is, is, is that if we're not praying and hearing from God directly, then we, um, it's so easy. It's so easy. There's no one, if we're not praying and hearing from God, that is an that's too wise that you can't be deceived by saying this is this is good and calling it God because it all the devil so is so good at deceiving that mm. if if we haven't heard if we don't pray and hear from God then then good doesn't get it good do, it good good doesn't get it for for us 
and that other thing of I'm going to do it one day was justification why I'm not doing it right now. Mm. Because why are we going around saying what we're going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, there's something in us that knows something's not right. And we're trying to make ourselves look good and feel good. Mm-hmm. But we'll do this if God will give us a million dollars. Knowing in our heart, he just said, give that five in that offering. So we have to put something good over it to make ourselves not feel bad. Amen. Amen. And that deception comes slowly. It's, uh, Have you ever seen a, a sheep on the stage being taught new tricks? <laughs> you can teach a chicken and a pig, but sheep are dumb. They need a shepherd. They follow a shepherd. If a sheep is grazing, if you lead them to some fresh green grass, they'll just put their head down and start eating and feeding themselves and walk right off a cliff. And if the shepherd's not there, Amen. they'll destroy themselves. And that's that's why God called we we need a shepherd and we need to learn to listen. And the shepherd needs to learn how to decipher good and bad. Amen. And that's what it's all about. It it's like it's like dealing in, in as Pastor Casey was talking about dealing in counterfeit money even. They don't teach people that handle money. They don't show them all the counterfeits. They let them handle only real money. And that way when a counterfeit comes along, it doesn't feel right. And that's the way that we've got to be with this word. We don't mix it with other stuff. We handle the truth, the real word, and then when something counterfeit does come up, it don't have to be a major counterfeit. All it's got to do is not quite line up, and there will be a check in our spirit. And if we don't really get this word in us, that's why it's so important to get this word in us so that when the counterfeit does show up, Because it will. It'll show up on Christian TV. Not just on secular TV. It'll show up right there. A lot of us watch TBN. And it's a good channel. But you'll hear some people on there sometimes. It's not. Oh no. This This is off. It's got to line up with this. Or it's not God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And Lord, we just ask that you, Lord, just put your truth in us, Lord, so that when the counterfeit does come, so that when the counterfeit does show up, that we will see it, that we won't be deceived, 
Lord, we just ask that you take our castle, Kotura Karamane. Lord, we just ask that your revelations, your revelations, your word come forth. Yet take that it be put in our heart, God. Yet take There's even I stick personally with the King James. That's what I like to read. But there are even Bibles that are translated now that leave certain words out. So we even got to be careful just because it says it's the word of God. Nowadays doesn't mean it is the truth. The truth is being altered. So we can be deceived into thinking something is God and it sounds good, looks good, looks just like the one that you carry, but not it. And only when we really know the truth, when we've got that in us, will we really be able to say, oh, this doesn't read like what I used to read in my old Bible. This has a different meaning. This takes away from the power. Because they're out there. And like Pastor Andrews said, they're coming to deceive. And they're already here. <laughs> it's like they're not coming in the future. They're already here. Amen. Okay. Y'all have anything? <laughs>